Please be seated. Scripture lesson today comes from Luke chapter 10, 1 through 11, and then 16 through 20. After this, the Lord appointed 70 others and sent them on ahead of him in pairs to every town and place where he himself intended to go. He said to them, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, ask the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Go on your way. See, I am sending you out like lambs into the midst of wolves. Carry no purse. No bag, no sandals, and greet no one on the road. Whatever house you enter, first say peace to this house. And if anyone is there who shares in peace, your peace will rest on that person. But if not, it will return to you. Remain in the same house, eating and drinking whatever they provide, for the laborer deserves to be paid. Do not move about from house to house. Whenever you enter a town and its people welcome you, eat what is set before you. Cure the sick who are there and say to them, the kingdom of God has come near to you. But whenever you enter a town and they do not welcome you, go out into its streets and say, even the dust of your town that clings to our feet, we wipe off in protest against you. Yet know this, the kingdom of God has come near. Whoever listens to you listens to me, and whoever rejects you rejects me, and whoever rejects me rejects the one who sent me. The seventy returned with joy, saying, Lord, in your name even the demons submit to us. He said to them, I watched Satan fall from heaven like a flash of lightning. See, I have given you authority to tread on snakes and scorpions and, all, and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing will hurt you. Nevertheless, do not rejoice at this, that the spirits submit to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. The year before my mother started seminary, she was a part of AmeriCorps in a section called VISTA, Volunteers in Service to America. I cannot remember the specifics of her job, but it had something to do with voting rights for Latino families, and that, that seems to come to mind. I asked her this week what she remembered about her job, and she said, I was a volunteer, and my job description was down and dirty. Part of her training before she went to her assigned location was to put herself and her work partner into a very similar situation as the disciples found themselves in. They had to go into St. Louis with no money and no ID and spend the night. They had to go out and receive the hospitality that was offered to them, a task many of us are not ready for. As we have talked about before when we speak about Luke, this portion of the gospel focuses on Jesus' mission toward Jerusalem, 
He is still teaching, even as he makes his way to the cross. He sends out 70 people to evangelize to all the ends of the earth. Seventy is a prominent number throughout the scriptures, and it is important here as it harkens back to Genesis and Exodus. The number represents all of the nations, not only Israel. It is the entire known world at this time. When Jesus sent out the 70, it was a reminder that the good news of Jesus Christ and the kingdom of God was for each and every person on the earth. And that extends into today's world too, even though the number of nations has nearly tripled. As he sent the 70 out, he gave them not only instruction on how to behave, but to remember the difficulty that they were going to face as they went. The emphasis on this passage is on hospitality and its importance in the kingdom of God. As the 70 went out, they were told to stay with people, with the people of the town and to stay with the same family for the duration. When they entered a house, they should offer the peace of Christ by saying, may the peace, may peace be on this house. They were to eat whatever was offered them to sleep wherever they were put and to be gracious for it. While they were in the house and in the town, they were to share the good news of Jesus Christ. They were to heal the sick both physically and in spirit. They were to do the work of Christ as his representatives in the world. There was also warning from Jesus in this passage. He told the people that they were being sent out as sheep amongst wolves. And as we know, or as we certainly should know from our nursery rhymes on Sunday school days, wolves are a great threat to sheep. One is portrayed as violent while one is portrayed as helpless. The job that the disciples, and I mean all followers of Christ, not just the famous 12, had to do was not going to, what they had to do was not going to be easy. They were going to find more than a few places that they might not be welcome. They were going to find more than a few people who would reject what they had to say. And Jesus gave still more instruction and more reminders on how to handle that. This pericope extends Jesus' lessons of shaking the dust off our feet when we are met with those who do not agree with us. It is so easy to get wrapped up in our own ideals of what is right and what is wrong. It is so easy to decide to get angry and bitter when others disagree with us or even personally attack us. It is the kind of thing that is going to happen to the disciples of Jesus Christ. It did back then and it still happens today. What we have to remember is not to take their lack of understanding to heart. We cannot let the opinions of others get in the way of our knowledge and understanding of the grace and mercy of Jesus Christ. When someone does not understand what you say, do not wish them ill. Do not ask to bring down hellfire like James and John, but shake the dust from your feet and move on to a place where you might be heard where you might be understood. But while we shake the dust from our feet, 
we have to remember that the kingdom of God is still available to those who do not hear our words. The opportunity, to, the opportunity to accept Jesus Christ and to love our neighbors as ourselves and love God with our entire being is still available until the moment we meet God in judgment. And it is God who has the judgment, not anyone on earth. Whether people accept what the disciples had to say or not, the kingdom was still coming and the kingdom is still ours to enter. The division of God and humans comes from humans. It is not God's desire to be separate from the creation. It is not God's desire to keep anyone out or at bay. If the question hasn't already been raised in your mind as you listen today, now is the time to ask it. Are we hospitable? Are we, as people of God or as a congregation, hospitable to God's creation? This passage gives us room to think about our own actions. This passage gives us an understanding of evangelism and what is expected. It also challenges our comfort as it challenges the way that the organized church has been operating for centuries. There is an invitation, and it is not necessarily an invitation to have others join us, but rather an invitation from those on the margins to join them. There is a call in this passage to meet the people where they are, to go not just to teach and to serve, but to sit with them and learn from them. Being with the people where they are means not only to donate time, food, money, etc., which is all wonderful, but it does not mean that we make the people come to us. It means to sit down with the people and to eat with them. It means to let them talk so that we can learn their stories. Jesus did that. He ate with the poor and the sinners. He showed them the basic human rights of respect and dignity. There has been a death in Christendom. The church no longer holds the moral, civic, and social center that it once did. The list as to why is 100 miles long. We could go on and on discussing what it is. Social media, overscheduling, poor economy. We have no end of excuses as to why people aren't here on Sunday mornings. But what our, but what our current reality and what this passage in Scripture gives us is an opportunity. We have an opportunity that has not been present for about 1,500 years, and that is the opportunity to bring the good news of Jesus Christ to people who have never heard the story before. For the first time in centuries, we have the ability to share the word and seek the work of God when, the peop and when people get their first glimpse of Jesus Christ. As this passage says in verse 2, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. We must go out. We must share the good news and meet the people where they are so that we can make 
disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. And as we do that, we must depend on the hospitality of others and receive what they have to offer us as well. As I was reading up on this passage and preparing, I could not help but be reminded of Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. There are, of are a couple of scenes where Indy and company find themselves at the mercy of others for meals and shelter. A poor village offers their guests more food than the villagers eat in a week. Willie, a singer not used to simple pleasures, turned the food away when she saw that it was made up mostly of rice mush and bugs. Indy gave her a talking to to make her understand that she was not only embarrassing him, the people, and herself, but God, too. Of course, later in the movie, the hospitality of others almost caught, cost Indy his still-beating heart. Hey, sheep amongst the wolves, man. It's not easy helping the folks of the world. Hospitality is the importance of relationship, not just in giving, but in receiving as well. To be able to receive the hospitality of others allows us to receive Christ. Whether we see it or not, God is already out in the world. When we show up with our words and our donations, we have to be open to receiving what God has already been working on with the people that we are meeting. God is always at work, no matter what, and we might receive God in a way that we might never expect it. God's grace is something we share and celebrate together, not apart or in the safety of our own known environment. This passage closes with a major point. Evil has been overcome through love, grace, hospitality, and relationship. God is doing great things through us, and we cannot forget that. Actually, God is doing great work despite of our often misguided efforts. Triumphalism is an inappropriate spirit among the disciples. When Jesus told the returning people not to gloat about their abilities, this is what he was talking about. Our, joy, our chief joy should not, be, should not be that we have certain gifts and powers, but that God has received and accepted us, that our names are written in heaven. And that, my friends, is one amazing gift. We have obligation and opportunity to share that gift with those around us. We must go and give so that others and so that we also may receive the Holy Spirit. Clearly, since I'm standing here telling you the story, Mom made it out of St. Louis unscathed. The sheep named Mary and Nancy were sent out among the wolves called Cardinals fans and lived to tell the tale. Like the 70 that Jesus sent through training and faith, they continued their service and met the people where they were and brought help and the name of Jesus Christ who needed it the most, including themselves. Amen.